Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 531. My name is Eric Nelson. With me today, I have my regular co-host, Matt Longeth. Today is Wednesday, October 21st, 2020. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Eric, I am well. I'm coming to you live from the Outer Banks of the Carolinas. So I have my own Bay report as I look at the Atlantic today. Things are absolutely beautiful down here. Uh, 80 some, almost 80 degrees. I uh, just saw two fighter jets from what was probably Langley or Norfolk uh, Naval Station and couldn't ask for more. But that's enough about the Atlantic, how things are out there on the West Coast and what's the color of the Bay in the Pacific? Uh, the Pacific is a beautiful, sunny, kind of cooling off day today. We had some hot weather, but it's, it is sunny and pretty. No more fires blowing snow, smoke around. But uh, I do have a daughter that uh, went out to Colorado to escape some of the COVID-19 in San Francisco. And, of course, she's in, she's embattled in now another fire zone with uh, tons of orange smoke and stuff going on. But California has been uh, really nice the last few days and uh, expecting, expected to cool off for the Halloween season. So things are all almost coming back to normal now at least i should knock on wood right now and say that uh maybe we'll get some nice weather color of the bay is typical for uh coming into november it is just an off green with a light wind chop makes it choppy greenish you know blustery day for the bay area here um and with that let's talk about what we're going to talk about today which is the topic is going to be uh the influencer 100 group as well as v experts uh we're coming into the season of v expert applications so we did uh, harness Corey romero to come talk to us even though he's busy with the vmtn community upgrade project that's been happening and we got tony foster live too so if you want to check us out and see what our home offices all look like you can go to uh, youtube.com slash vbarbecue and uh, give us a like and a follow if you want to see what we look like. We just post these up there as well. Um, And uh, Tony Foster, good to see you on the the video screen as well today. It's great to be here. It's fun. Yeah, I got to say that uh, your lag is usually your lag out there in Kansas somewhere is pretty, pretty heavy. But uh, today, having you in this new platform is a little bit better as well, real time. Um, so that's what's happening. So, Matt, before we get into uh, to get into the topics, uh, I guess we should talk a little bit about news, uh, news that's happening. I got some news. I don't know, if Matt, if you got any news that's uh, worth talking about. Maybe you can go look at the VMUG, uh, VMUG. Uh, Com and see what's what's happening with uh, VMUG, but uh, we're ra- wa- winding down from VMworld. Obviously, all the VMworld stats were up, and uh, the most interesting stat that came out of VMworld was uh, social media posts were down by 50% uh, year over year. So, as as we'd expect, most people sitting at their desk watching all of the uh, 
activities that are going on with VMworld are not sitting around on their mobile phone tweeting about uh, what conference session room they're stuck in or how bad the food is or things like that. So social media posts in general were down by 50%. So that's interesting in its own right, but we attribute that to the fact that people aren't walking around a conference with their mobile phones uh, tweeting at each other, uh, you know, what's actually happening, like come go see this, go see that. Um, but video views, video consumption uh, was up like 400%. So you can imagine that uh, more people were sitting around their desks consuming videos. And of course, video consumption uh, was was way up and uh, that that was, was to be expected as well. Sentiment was good. Uh, other wrap up things for the event. Um, not very many things. It was a great event. Lots of sessions consumed. Lots of positive feedback on sessions. Uh, and yeah, that that's that's basically what we actually what we experienced over the last week rolling up uh, VMworld.com. Coming up, uh, we have an an online uh, event happening. Uh, it's going to be called uh, a networking event. I forget the name of the the event, but it's uh, in early November, so we'll be talking about it. Um, so watch out uh, for the networking event. You can go to VMworld.com and register for the networking event. They have some speakers there. They're going to, I think, Pat's talking and uh, Velo Cloud and some other executives are going to be talking uh, about the networking event. So you can go register for the networking event. Uh, we're going to be doing a call out to be experts uh, to do some blogging on the networking event that's going to be happening. And I think they're just going to go over VMware strategy for, you know, uh, hybrid cloud networking to edge uh, networking to uh, everything networking, uh, uh, even the, 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 the big cloud vendor networking and how to do all that. So doing a cloud networking event, and I assume there will be some conversations of what's new and networking for VMware. So we're driving to Reg for that, and uh, should be something fun to do in mid-November. Uh, and we'll get you that date before the end of the show. Uh, and with that, Matt, do we have anything else that we want to talk about? before we jump into with Corey and Tony. Eric, we do. You had brought up VMUG events and two key ones between now and the end of the month. So tomorrow, on Thursday the 22nd, we have the Canadian VMUG Virtual User Con with Chris Wolf doing the keynote. And mm. then the following, uh, let me see, the 29th. So the following Thursday, we have the Atlanta Nashville VMUG User Con with Amanda Blevins doing the keynote. Both of those events, as with any of the user cons within the VMUG platform, absolutely free. I would encourage everyone to go to vmug.com and look at that and look at those schedules, some great community events, some great community speakers. I'm sure that the diving in depth to all of the announcements that we have seen coming out of VMworld. So two big events there. Right. And I know that uh, Kit Colbert is going to be on our show next week to talk about uh, I, the, is. I, the IT uh, IT career roadmap uh, a book that they've put together. Uh, so he's going to come talk about it. And I think they were doing a VMUG live streaming event. Uh, don't know if that's happened or not. Maybe that's already happened. But I think that was another thing Kit was going to be We have about. a special date and time for Kit, I believe, next week. Yes, we do. We are going to be doing Friday, uh, I think, at 11, 11 a.m., uh, on a Friday, or maybe 1 a 1 p.m. on a Friday. I can look at my calendar. And in the meantime, the networking event is called the Modern Network for a Future Ready Business. Right. So it's an on-demand networking and security 
for Modern Applications event. Uh, it is November 16th at 11 a.m. PST. So you can go to VMware.com. Right on the front banner is a registration for the Modern Network event. Uh, go check that out. All right. uh, and yes, we're having Kit next week to talk about that special date, Friday. Um, and I will get the date for that. Uh, I think that's, what else do we got? I think that's it for uh, what's happening. A uh, little bit of announcements. There have been some reorgs and marketing at VMworld. So we have, at VMware, we have been living through some of those. No major changes, uh, but some, some, some reorging. But the community and social media teams remains intact, still working for the same VP. So we're all happy about that. It's always good to get through these things. We did get a new CMO. So our new CMO is, Carol, Carol, I don't remember Carol's last name. How about am I? Right. Carpenter? Car Carpenter, Carpenter, that's Carpenter, right. Carol Carpenter. So Carol Carpenter has Carol come in. Carol joins us from Google, correct? That's right, from Google Cloud, to take a look at how VMware can market more to cloud services. So she's you know, putting her stamp on things now, and uh, uh, it does some really good work uh, reorging around the and consolidating some of the stuff that we've had duplications uh, from cloud marketing. If you've ever been to cloud.vmware.com, we kind of had a whole cloud marketing group and uh, we've consolidated that into different uh, business unit marketing areas. And so I really like what she's done there. So a lot of fun there. And with that, I think that's all that's been going on from my perspective. Uh, and then we're getting ready for 2022. So 2022 planning, so lots of work there going on. All right, with that, we'll transition. So Corey Romero, um, the, one of the two topics for today is V experts, and the second one is what we've been talking around, uh, the Influencer 100 Club. Um, so maybe we'll start with V experts. Uh, maybe I'll do an opening first. Let me do an opening of what the influencer is. We'll do V expert first, and then we'll get to the Influencer 100. But the people have heard about this thing called the VMware Influencer 100 uh, Club, and what that is is uh, a private club that we've been putting together that we're inviting people to use Dynamic Signal. Uh, Dynamic Signal has a leaderboard on it that will show you uh, who is using Dynamic Signal. So if you're a V-Expert, um, we give everybody access to Dynamic Signal, which is our publishing tool that publishes and shares social media content to everyone. And they have a leaderboard on that, that tool that every quarter or every half a year, I forget which, we send out prizes to people that actually end up on the leaderboard. But what we've seen is the same 100 people are always on that leaderboard year after year. So what we decided to do, instead of sending out uh, prizes, which some of these guys have gotten the same prizes a couple times in a row, um, we would create a club that really allows us to showcase uh, and use those influencer 100s. And what does that mean? It means that you're not, it's not your content builder, which is what V experts do, but the influencer 100 is really focusing on people that have a lot of followers and influence a lot of people. So you might not ever, um, influence, uh, create content. And Corey, I know we've talked about this. There are some of these people that create these websites and blogs that all they do is share other people's content, right? Which is a legitimate marketing activity, but it annoys the V experts because we give V experts these awards, right? And we give these people that make these blog aggregators uh, award, the V expert award, but it really kind of taints the V expert program because 
we're giving them a V expert saying you're a V expert when really you're not a V expert. You're just a, a, an influencer, right? You're creating a, kind of a communication site. And so really the influencer program, the influencer 100 is about the idea that we are actually, there are influencers who are creating influential properties, but they might not be producing content. They, they're not really a V expert, but how do we say, Hey, you are doing a service, you're influencing others, but you're influencing others using channels, using distribution, using followers, but not necessarily uh, the expert. So I think that's what we're trying to do with the Influencer 100. So people, we're gonna be talking about, you know, the Influencer 100 and who is, you know, gotten the Influencer 100. The odd thing about the Influencer 100 is that once you get invited to it because you've got a large influential following, uh, you're active for three years. So there will actually be 300 influencers in the program because once you're influenced, you've made it on that leaderboard, um, you're doing a lot of that posting then and, and retweeting people's content because if you look at Dynamic Signal, that's what it is. It's retweeting other people's content and pushing it out through your social channels. And then some of these people get more and more followers and they do that. So the Influencer 100 Club will actually be a club that will maybe be 300 to 500 people depending. Um, and then after three years, if you're not being an influencer anymore, you fall out of that, that, that club and you do get a plaque, right? That says you, you influence X number of thousands of people, right? Uh, per, per year. So there you go. That's the influencer 100. But before now, we'll come back to the experts, which is for me a program that you are a content builder, you are blogging, you are presenting, you're writing books, you're doing the heavy lifting of creating that content. You're just not an influencer retweeting. You're actually doing that. And the, for me, the V expert program is a much heavier program, a much bigger program, much many more people doing that kind of heavy, heavy work. So, so Corey, uh, I know we're coming up to the end of the year. What's the status of the V expert program these days? Yeah. So, uh, Man, I, I, you go from influencer to V expert, right? And, I, and my, my heart just gets warm, right? I've been with this program for seven years now, and I just absolutely love it and love the people in it. Um, one of the things I did miss about the V expert program was actually meeting the V experts in person at VMworld this year, all right? But yeah, the status currently of the V expert program, right? So we're coming up at the end of the year, and what does that really mean? Well, we do the V expert applications on a calendar year basis, right? We actually do it every six months, but the V expert program runs on a calendar basis, right? And so November 20th will be opening V expert applications, and those are going to run through June. January 8th um, and kind of the reason why we do it that period of time is what we're going to do is once the applications come in we're actually going to look at all of the activity for 2020 right so that gives us a little buffer into January uh, to get everything that the, that you've done into December um, into the application right and then from there uh, we'll have the voting period open and that's where the V expert pros come in and do the voting um, and they vote by region right so if you got V experts in the United States those V experts will actually vote on applications in the United States and so the voting ends on February 10th and we will do an announcement February 11th and that's when we're post on vmworld.com as well as 
blogs.vmware.com slash vexpert will post all of the award winners, right? So looking forward to that. And then uh, a week after that, we will open up the business unit led subprograms. So we've got uh, quite a few that will open up a week after. And uh, to be able to get into those programs, right, those are really specialized programs run by the BU. So you've actually got direct access to the B business units. You have to be a V expert. So if you have any interest in going into those subprograms, I would definitely advise to go to vexpert.vmware.com, read about the program, sign up for the pre-announcement uh, list. And what we do is once we open the applications, I will email you. There's no spam. There's no marketing sign-up lists. It'll be one or two emails just reminding you that, hey, we're opening applications. If you want to go apply, here is the application link. Now, if you're new and you have not applied, I would recommend going to vexpert.vmware.com and you can go and you can find current vexperts and you can find them in your region. So if you're from, so let's say you're from France and you're looking for a vexpert that speaks French, you can go to the vexpert directory, find a vexpert pro that speaks French and you can work with that vexpert to help guide you to what you need to do to be approved for that, pro, that program. Now remember, those vexpert pros are voting on your applications. So you'll have direct contact with someone who votes on your application. So, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. This is one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, we get a lot of applications that come in. We do a lot of work. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the VX pros do the heavy lifting in the application process, and I, I highly appreciate them. And uh, my hat's off to those guys and, uh, and, and women. So uh, I'm, I'm excited, Eric. Yeah. So, Corey, let's just say I'm a newly minted V expert from just this past summer, the, the mid-year application, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't apply this time last year, but I applied over the summer, and I got in. Do I need to apply for this particular period? You know, Matt, you do. Um, kind of the reason is, is we look at everything from the prior year and we refresh the program um, in the beginning, in the new year. So 2021, we will do a full refresh. We remove everybody from the program and we look at all the applications and bring everyone in. And it, I'm glad you mentioned that because kind of the reason why we do the six month is for the folks who didn't make it into the program, you've got a buffer period to go in and, and do do some more work or, or do the correct things in your application um, and in your communities to get that award um, in the half second half of the year, right? Or let's say you missed the application period, you can apply again in, the, in June. Okay, so just nice. to be clear, if I got in at, at the June application period, that does not extend me for another calendar year. I yeah. need to be looking for when those applications open up on the 20th of next month to start to put my application in to get awarded at, at what we're trying to shoot for that first, uh, or excuse me, second week of February. Absolutely. Yes, you will need to apply again. So the interesting thing that uh, I am experiencing here and just th thinking through this this was an interesting 2020 year, right? COVID was here, the VMUG meetings are canceled, you know, everything's just online. Um, I, I think we probably should, you know, talk to code coaches a little bit and maybe be a little bit more forgiving this year uh, between if you had a 2020 uh, V-Expert award that maybe some of these just flip 
where maybe we're a little more forgiving on evaluating people because the reality is I don't think there was as many opportunities to do, you know, engagement with VMUG meetings, to doing things with customers, to everything. Because we've all been digitally locked down, you know, part of it being evangelist is is leather on, on pavement, right, where you're out and about uh, engaging with people. So uh, there probably we will have something from a 2020 perspective that, you know, makes the rule set a little bit lighter, right? Uh, because looking at what you did the year before and then trying to also look at maybe what you did this year, right? Uh, do you think that's uh, something we, you know, like I'm just thinking out loud here, right? Like my, my guess is we should probably do something like that. You know, Eric, absolutely, right? We have a lot of V experts that don't always do blogging, right? Like that's the typical thing is you're a V expert, you do blogging. That's not really the case, right? We have a lot of V experts who do sessions of VMworld. Right. And a lot of in-person things. We've got, you know, quite a few people who, you know, run VMUGs, right? So VMUG leaders receive the VExpert award if you're an active VMUG leader. Well, that's really difficult in 2020 with COVID, right? Because how do you how do you really do that for you know, unless you're doing something digital? Uh, we've got few folks who speak at VM Worlds, right? Or v, uh, at the VMUGs who do sessions. So absolutely we'll be taking a look at that. Uh, we will definitely take that in cons into consideration. And uh, I agree that we will be a little bit more forgiving and probably re-up some of the some of the folks who um, had the re had the award last year um, did a lot of speaking in-person engagements um, that were not able to do that this year. Yeah, I, I think that would be a generic. If you had a one in 2019, right? Like 2020, you should probably just went, you know, like I was stuck at home at COVID. <laughs> and I have a feeling we're going to like, all right, you know, yeah, okay. we should have a little drop down. Yeah, we should have a drop down. And that does, it does make it a little bit more challenging for new people that, you know, didn't make it but are interested in, I think we should probably be forgiving to everybody by about 30 or 40% because it's just, again, social is down 50% because the, the weird, it's a weird world, right? It's definitely a yeah. weird world, and there are people that participate. Uh, but you should you should do some participation, right? You can if you do blog, you should be able to blog. There were some online events. You can talk about what you did online, right? To to make it make it you know to be an to to be a V expert producing some content, uh, even if you you know. Even I think we should probably, and we're doing this in real time, guys, just chatting through this, right? But it's a it's a good time to do it. Um, we should probably consider if you just did education this year, right, to get ready for next year. Because I know a lot of people have spent time just building their home lab, right, and installing some new products and and, and bringing yourself up to speed with uh, with you know vSphere seven and uh, and Kubernetes, right, and uh, Spherelets. So I think there probably we should have some criteria that said uh, if you were a previous V expert. And you spent time, you did spend time bring up your lab and learning new skills to set yourself up for 2021, that even that kind of stuff should probably be something you can put in an app. Because I think just 2020 is such a special year, right, that, that yeah. it's going to be hard. Uh, and then I think in previous years, we've also had lighter criteria. If you were already somebody that was a V expert, we try to look to make sure you've been doing stuff in the last three years to make sure you haven't fallen off because some people fall off and then we give them warnings going, hey, you're not, you're not a warning. You, know, you, you have, last year was super light. You better be careful. 
on occasion yep. when people drop out, uh, are they kind of surprised that when when they don't make it, and then you get the escalation, and then you show them, look, in you were good the last three years ago, you're medium two years ago, last year you had no heartbeat, and then this year we just decided forget it, you're not. And some people are are surprised by that, right? Yeah, it's it's a very few amount. There's actually been quite a few people that have emailed back and said, yeah, I kind of expected that. You know, I haven't really done much in the past year and a half. Uh, but yeah, those those of the experts who have been around quite a while, uh, we will definitely start to see, and not all of them, right? This is just the ones we're talking about. We'll start to see them tick down a little bit. Maybe they changed jobs. Maybe they had a life event, you know. So yeah, we do allow some sort of little right. bit of a buffer zone for that. But once we start to see you completely just tail off, uh, yeah. most of them are understanding. Or I've even yeah. And had some of the experts email me and say, hey, I'm not going to apply this year just because I haven't done anything and I changed jobs. So, right. yeah, that happens. And, that, and that's okay. Um, yeah. I, it's funny because we look at the community, the community reg registration for VMTN. How many new members do we get once a week? And we actually get 7,000 new registrations every week right, on VMTN, uh, wow. which, you know, just shows you how many new customers come into the fold. But people tend to forget because they always ask me those metrics. Hey, how's your, how's your membership? How are you doing? How's your, what's your metrics look like? And I always I have to remind people that, yeah, we, we do get 7,000 new people a week, but how many of those accounts go inactive every week as well, right? Because uh, it's kind of like, Disney does uh, movies, and they do movies for thirteen-year-olds, right? You know, and 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 they're they're perfect for my parents died, but I'm I'm becoming an adult, and they, there's always a challenge, and so there's a time period that people. It's good to be uh, watching those movies that Disney produces, and it's the same thing with the experts and other people. There's an arc. There's an arc of how long you're going to be in the program before you move on, before you retire, before you die, right? Like there's there's a number of people coming in. They stay in the program for 10, 15, 20 years, and they tail out at the end. At least that's for VMTN. And I think there is some natural progression that happens for the experts as well, right? And, and then some people just love it and stay there and stay happy in the bell curve and stay at the top and never slide down that long tail until they, they're, they're, they've moved on to do other things. Um, but that's a natural progression as well. We get X number of new people. We get X number of heavy lifters that are right in the middle. Then we get some of these that are tail ending. Uh, and, and I think that's why some programs actually have the, you know, the, uh, oh, I forget the name of when you, when you get forever for VMworld, they, they call you like you, once you've been to 10 VMworlds, they put you in a classification where you're, you're good forever, right? Like, because you've been to enough of them that they don't want you to drop out. So you just become uh, grandfathered in because you made it past that long curve threshold. But uh, we, we don't do that, but uh, certainly other programs do have that, uh, that, that term. What, what do you, when you're, Alumni. alumni, that's the uh, the alumni, and so different different with some of these community programs. Just instead of running them out, they they stick them in an alumni program, which gives them some rights because they just contributed so much over the years that they just deserve to always have the title, right? And we're probably should, status for for the V expert program. Yeah, we should probably do something like that because some of these guys, especially on community platforms or community running V mugs or whatever, they've done it for so long, right? That you know, even if you 
have a heart attack and your brain doesn't work anymore, but you're still in a wheelchair and shaking, you know, trying to sip jello from a straw, you should still be able to become a V expert, right? You know, you have that that alumni. That's a sad state of life when, uh, you know, when you start looking at the curve of your life and how long are you going to be active. But uh, I think that's a, a cool thing to do. Right? Um, and certainly 2020 changes this curve a little bit. Right, like uh, absolutely. Does. So, so Tony Foster, uh, you've been quiet, but uh, since you're there smiling, maybe you, you will unmute yourself. And uh, the the question for you is: Do you see logic behind? You know, you work in the industry. You're you're not. You work, I think, for EMC still. Um, do you see that in your own career? Do you see you know things ebb and flow? You're muted. Uh, very much so. It. I can hear. Oh, there I can hear. Yeah. Okay. I was lagging. Uh, okay, I, I'm like, I, I, wow. You're uh, yeah, I actually do see the ebb and flow, and it 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 does uh, do that. Um, for me personally, it's about a four to five year cycle um, where I will see stuff pick up, slow down, um, and then repeat. So I I see that uh, with others that I work with and. Um, others that I interact with, and everybody has really a uh, different time scale that they work with, but I think everybody has a uh, time scale. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think we all go through that, different career elements. Um, and even when I came to VMware, I was like, okay, I'm going to make this like a three-year stint, maybe five years, three to five years. That's going to do. Then I'm going to move on because I want to do other fun, cool things, right? You know, and and then I never moved, right? just one of these days one of these days so yeah there is ebb and flow with that so so Corey uh, th those are the, the, the those are the big things the second topic that I have for you uh, that I think is worthy to talk about for people that have made it this far which is kind of the boring stuff is this the subgroups right and what do we do for V experts right because I think every year everybody applies because it's the party. It's at VExpert. You get to meet Pat. You know, he comes and thanks everybody. You come to VMworld and everybody gives you little VExpert branded fun stuff because we have a program that encourages our, our partners to build VExpert logos and give them out to VExperts. And so we make a, a attempt to, and it all revolves around VMworld. And this year, and even I have like, I think 50 or 60K in budget to go do cool stuff with VExperts, right? Where we bought every Everybody raspberry pies last year. We went. We went and rented the ping pong. Uh, was it ping pong? I think ping pong uh, bar last year at VMware yeah. US. Yeah. And then in, in Europe, we did something else. So we, we you know, we spend maybe a hundred k on everybody throughout that the whole event season. And this year, uh, we didn't do any of that, right? And it was hard to even organize. Where do we go? So we did Discord with uh, with. Uh, with uh, digital orbital jigsaw front with, with those guys. And that was fun, but that was so basically all we did, right? And so yeah, right. the subgroups for me are that give back activity. Um, we do give back, we do send mail. You, you, How often do you communicate people in the VExpert program? Once a, once a month, once every other month, twice a month, something like that. So what, what do you give back and what are the give backs? And then the sub programs, I know they give back as well. 
Oh, one of the things like value-wise, a tangible, right? So I'll talk about uh, VMware licenses, right? So for those that don't know, all of the V experts receive licenses to our products, right? They receive a, a one-year license, right? And so you get to put your put your the, our software in your lab, tinker with it, do your thing with the lab with the software. So that's something really cool and unique that uh, that you really can't get anywhere else right uh, I mean, who else gives you licenses to all their products right so but the sub programs uh, we've got many many sub programs we've got uh, application management cloud management cloud providers NSX HCX EUC security V expert pro and application modernization right and so if you're talking blogging uh, doing social around those different topics or let's say you're doing many topics they include those you can apply for those sub programs right so let's say you're talking NSX on your blogs or you're doing speeches or even written a book or those different evangelistic activities around NSX you can apply for well both the expert and NSX and in those sub programs you get direct access to a program manager who's dedicated to the VExpert NSX program. They do calls, they do emails, and the, some of the calls are product roadmaps, features, and as well as blogger early access programs, right? And so um, I typically work with the comms team quite a bit, and uh, for like, let's say VMworld, right? We've got a lot of announcements that come out, and so they'll reach out to me and say, hey, we wanna do an announcement around vSphere. Right, so we want to talk to the V experts who specialize in vSphere or any other category. Let's just go back to NSX. Specialize in NSX. Um, can you deliver us some folks that we can talk to? Right, and so what I'll do is I'll reach out to the program manager, right, who would, in this case would be Susan Wu, and I'd say, Susan, can you go through your list of the V experts who specialize in NSX who are talking about NSX, and can we give that list over to comms team so we can set up a meeting um, for a a, a a session that goes over all of the product features that we're going to release in the full announcement and then what those V experts do is they take that information and this happens you know typically three to five days before the announcement they take that information and they prepare their blog articles and then once the uh, embargo lift date and time happens they push out their stuff right and so we retweet it we go out and do marketing around that and so you're getting a whole new audience as well as your audience seeing the value that you are creating right based on the work that you've done as a v expert right and so you get that front center interaction with the business unit and with the comms team nice yeah i definitely appreciate that um, I think that the engagement with uh, sub-programs are good. Uh, the licenses are good. I think those are nice. Um, I think there's also just a brand. You're you're almost an ambassador to v to VMware as well, right? So you you get branded yeah. as a V expert. And we had a couple of these issues where some V experts were were you know not interacting appropriately and uh, those were escalated to us because uh, the, the company thinks the experts are kind of an extension of of VMware right because because you do have the v expert logo that we do evaluate your character how you're doing what you're doing what you're saying um, 
you you actually become a brand ambassador to to VMware uh, as a V expert, and and then we expect you know, a certain behavior from people that are kind of branded a V expert. And then if you if there's issues, people will come to us going, hey, I'm working with these people. These these are our brand ambassadors, right? Um, and so there is a responsibility to that, but then also that acts as a benefit because you're seen as a, a V expert, which means yes. you're supposed to be an expert on uh, on what we do and are working to help others understand what we do. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a that's also part of part of that value prop, um, which is which is given. Um, you know, we don't we we give stickers. We 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 create that brand for for people. But then also, I think that brand ambassador world also applies into the partner ecosystem, where partners will respect you as a brand expert. That's why they give out the expert things because they want you to come interact with them as well, right? So this gives you a little bit of a leg up on probably getting licenses from partners, getting software from partners to understand what the whole solution stack is, not just the core one from VMworld. VMworld. Right, right. Yeah, we'll do uh, partner um, sessions you know, for, for V experts where we go over um, kind of the same thing with VMware, right? Not, all, not only like, hey, how's our product? Here's our product. Here's how it works. It's, hey, here's our product. This is what we're doing with our product. This is the value prop for your customers with this product. And so we'll do a whole, you know, one hour sessions um, with a product team um, on, on, on a Zoom call, right, with all of the V experts. And we record it. So if you miss it, we give it out, you know, in a recording area in the V expert portal, right. um, which is nice. But yeah, V expert, um, or sorry, VMware partners, and it's, they're nice gifts. We've seen jackets, we've seen nice backpacks, we've seen engraved uh, like beer mugs. We've seen some really, really cool things. And some of the sub programs will do the same thing, right? Um, some sub programs send out hats, thank you letters, some shirts, a jacket, a sweatshirt. Um, they've done various things as well. And that's up to the business units. Right, All right, that makes sense. Matt, um, transitioning a little bit because we are we have like ten or ten or fifteen minutes left here. Uh, I do have a hard stop uh, at the top of the hour, but that the experts great um, influencers, right? I've talked about the influencer one hundred, but what I what I want to talk to you about is. How does a V expert become a super influencer? I know that we, you, you've been working at, at VMware uh, on contract here to talk about uh, to help us um, organize super influencers, and I think we call them platinum influencers, or I call them super influencers. But these are influencers that actually can sell. Uh, and get money for doing things, right? Like going to an event, talking, speaking. And I know that we've hired some podcasters who were, I would put in a classification of super influencers. Uh, I know that we, you know, you can tell us a little bit about the TED Talk super influencer we hired. Um, and then looking at my metrics, the, the, the super influencers who got the most traffic and regs were actually the podcast influencers, right? Uh, when I would looked at my VMworld metrics on how many regs we got. So let's talk about super influencers a little bit. And what, how, how do people become super, what's a super influencer? And how do they become a super influencer in your opinion? Well, it has to start at the very beginning, doesn't it, Eric? We, you have to share what you know. And, and that can be done in a variety of formats. Um, and on, on a variety of platforms. The ones that do it well share across the entire social plat 
ecosystem, if you will. They are blogging, they're vlogging, they're they are doing so on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, any social platform that, that's out there because the, the, when you look at that super influencer type program, they don't limit themselves to one type of media. They try to, to brand themselves with a, with a unique message in a, in a given, let's say, security, and try to get that out to the broadest influence as, as possible. So they want to narrow in on a speciality, but then spread that across multiple social platforms. And that's the ones that we, we have really seen that, that do it well and do it the best, is narrow in on a speciality, obviously being sharing it to, to the best way that they do it, and then going forth on multiple social platforms. But it starts out is, is the listeners out there to, to, to build up that, that brand and that there's are listening along and, and how, how do I get there? How do, how do I become this, you know, a, an influencer in general? You have to share what you know and you have to do so in a way that is repeatable and comfortable. If you're the type of person that, that, that does a blog, great. But, but there's so much other great way to put content out there. Uh, we, we've seen so many other persons this year switch over to vlogging. Um, they, they've created their own YouTube channels with, with demonstrations and whatnot. We've seen great event organizations, virtual event organization through our VMUG leaders. That we Now we have content that is being put together in the, the local community for presenters that may have been a little bit timid to, to present in front of a group of, of peers. They might be a little bit more comfortable to present in front of a virtual audience. And a lot of that, again, it's it's facilitating that action. It's getting that content out there and producing it and on a regular basis and, yeah. and letting people know about it. And then just building upon it. Take yeah. feedback that you get from the community. If you know if there's a tweak there that's whatnot, be receptive to, to that feedback. Always provide some type of feedback mechanism and, and don't just you know, you don't want to feed the trolls as they say, but you want to be receptive to a little bit of the criticism and and, and just and, Publish and publish consistently, and yeah, I, that's I, the ones that we've even seen. We you had mentioned the the the, the speaker that we had for the the, the special event uh, at VMworld this year, Karen Elizari, who's a security researcher with Tel Aviv University. That's how she started. Was just it was, it was small uh, blogs, then moved on to vlogs. And then eventually got picked up for a, a local TED event, and then that TED event went viral. It is still one of the the most um, viewed security um, type TED talks, uh, even four years after she has originally published it, and she's updated it since then. So uh, I would encourage your listeners to go out there and and hit the TED platform and look up Karen Elazari. It's a wonderful talk. She's a, a fantastic speaker incredibly engaging so just yeah I, you, know, you have to put it out there yeah. to be consumed you have to build your brand awareness and so, that starts with producing content on a regular basis so to summarize and to frame this a little bit like the super influencers have managed to build enough following and i think when we were looking to build do some super influencer engagement we were looking for like twenty thousand followers or more right like that that, that, that would influence a, a large enough people that you know when and and then we were looking at audiences beyond the, the expert audience right or beyond the virtualization audience uh, so topics that you know could be scale across 
you know, a large number of companies, right, also was a good one to have because uh, what Karen did was just do security. And well, security applies to, you know, a hundred different industries, right? So uh, one thing was make your topic such that it's beyond just one company. Uh, so that way, if you're good at one company's ecosystem, but then it can apply to others, those other companies will maybe hire you to come influence your followers on those same topics, right? So that's what I noticed was that they were in topical areas that were multi-company, right? Now, not that I want to convince, convince all of the experts listening or, you know, ecosystem people that they should just go off and start uh, doing all of our competitors and everybody. But I would say that that's what I noticed, right? Um, and that they that had enough followers, like the podcasters that, you know, had 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000 listeners uh, on their podcasts because the numbers matter, right? Like uh, reaching a large enough audience. Uh, and the, what you described was how they got there. There, which was good and then the the dollars I thought it would be worth just mentioning like in a, in a real sense the cheaper people were maybe 7k for a couple interactions right a couple pieces of content that went out on their channels that they pushed out on their channels maybe over over the course of three or four weeks right um, couple times a week and then it went up from there from 7k to 10k to to 15k to the the top was 30k for a, for an engagement so that, that's that kind we of we saw 30 there. to 50k fairly consistently it, it, that yeah. was not an outlandish figure so that once you are at uh, even a mid tier uh, I mean we're we're talking right. not even you know hundreds of thousands of followers we're talking you know, tens of thousands of followers. That it, it's it's changed the game and it's absolutely there. This is a, a very lucrative, um, very real way to to make a career and a living in our, our modern society it is to, to be recognized as a key influencer, to build a brand and to get that get this out there and people are doing it and they're doing it frequently. I think the vlog part of it was was a big transition like so from going to blog to going to video blogging, right where you're actually creating that connection with people that are watching was also one of those things that I saw that that helped, right? Like um, because you're not only producing great content but then you're you're getting a persona, a face, a recognize, recognizable face which was also good. Um, but it was all in the numbers. So when you talk about influencers, there is, you know, it's a channel's numbers. How many people do you influence, right? Interesting takeaway that I got, and I don't know what you think about this, uh, Matt, because this is the first time we really ran an influencer program, right, where it was just influencers, was it's one thing to influence, but I'm not sure how valuable the whole thing was versus, um, having an influencer engagement model, right? Which is Warmer v. Experts land, where I felt like the influencer did drive a large number. They reached a large number. The impression was out there. Um, but if you look at how many actually people came to the event, uh, so VMworld and VMware Code are both of the events that we ran, um, we were only getting maybe 10 or 15% coming to the event. So we reached 100%. So every 100 people that we reached and they would come and reg, only 15 of them actually came to the event. So that was an interesting uh, learning from my perspective that you can get an impression and get a reach, but that doesn't mean you're going to have somebody actually come and be part of your ecosystem. No, it doesn't. But we also have to, to put that in the context 
of a virtual event, right? We know that that 10 to 15% isn't outside of what has been an industry norm. So you, let's say we have a, a 100,000 reg to see only 10 to 15,000 participants. You know, that, that's not necessarily uh, anything outside of, of what other major players have seen for their events as well. And we did see as we ran these campaigns that although it wasn't an exact query, that there was a significant lift, a noticeable um, data-driven lift that when the, our campaign started with our super influencers, that registrations did increase. So I would acknowledge your point that yes, yeah. that registrations do not necessarily mean an actual attendance, but to get an attendance, you always need a reg. So it's a little bit of a cart and the horse, so to say. Uh, so yes, that, that, that ultimately, uh, to put a dollar value on it for, for, for what's out there to, to, to see and to um, bring in members of the community as a whole, when, my, when I say community as a whole, so let's say security, so persons that may have not looked at, at VMworld before, sure. Um, that's exposure that's out there. So you have to, to, to build that brand awareness. You have to get that out there. And just because they register, are they actually going to show up? Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would show up for the event. But again, as everyone knows, the content is there to, uh, for free. So many recorded sessions, they might be coming in and consuming content and looking at something on demand. Well, we're at the top of the hour. I did say we have a hard stop, so I will do a short V barbecue report. Uh, Tony Foster, I know that uh, I did a barbecued pizza. So I've been getting into, do you really need to buy a pizza oven to make a pizza on a charcoal grill? And uh, the answer is it's great if you can have 500 degrees inside your, your, your Weber, right? Um, that's what a, a pizza oven gets you, 800 degrees on that stone. But if you put a piece of stone in and then put your pizza on it and put the lid on it, you can make a pretty good pizza. And so we have made some uh, pepperoni pizza. Yeah, the, the, the key to pizza is in the sauce and the dough, right? So... But you can heat up your grill agree. and uh, and and make yourself a nice barbecue pizza. It's pretty 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 easy to do. Awesome, yeah. This week I did steak and it's winterizing uh, the barbecue and stuff. Uh, yeah, it is at the it's at that time where uh, in another in another couple of months we're going to get to see the uh, Tony Foster. Uh, the sh short run around the house and snowman dive, right? Like snow Same angel. Here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did a brisket. I did a, I did a, it was a 33 hour cook. No. Right? So smoke it, turn the smoker on to 180. And brisket, you, you typically want to pull at 180. So uh, there was about a 15 hour stall where it just sat at about 140 degrees and did not even go up a single temperature for 15 hours, right? So you have to let it wait to get towards, you know, past that stall and then that climb to about 170. And then you got to turn it up just a hair to get the internal to 180, right? So it, it took 33 hours. Now, is that just because you had it on such a, a slow heat smoke that that's just the length and it just, it, that's what you do? And how did you know how, how to set that pellet feeder to the right um, amount to, to, to have that slow heat? Yeah, so on my on my smoker, it's got a dial on what temp you want it to run at. So um, I do that. And then sometimes, you know, it'll go plus minus 10 degrees. 
usually on the high side. So, so sometimes it's, it's how many quarters you stock underneath your lid to allow enough air in to keep it. it at 180, right? Got so it's right. a couple little tricks to it. All right, fun stuff. Great to see everybody. Awesome. We'll be back next week with Kit Colbert. We're going to be talking about IT careers on the VMware Community Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.